Well, good morning, Celebration Church, all of our campuses in Appleton, Stevens Point, Green Bay. Can we all stand up together wherever you are at? And let's all say this together. This is what we believe here at Celebration Church. Let's all say this together. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who for us and for our salvation was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the fellowship of believers, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Well, good to have everybody with us here today, and welcome to our campuses. Good to have you with us at Celebration, our family all joining together as one. Uh, today, we've got a special announcement. If you are here and you're on our 2017 Myanmar missions trip team, could you just come on up? Let's all give them a big hand clap wherever you're at at our campuses. Put your hands together. A special greeting to Dr. Jen Delaney and her son Afton. They are watching online. She is working out of her normal area this morning. And then also to Ellie, who's in our Stevens Point campus. Good to have you with us here as well this morning. And here is the rest of the team. If they're all here, we might even be down one or two people. 17 people going to Myanmar. It's the largest missions trip uh, that we've ever taken here at the church. We are so excited about what's going to take place during our week. We take off Thursday, and we are going to be, last year we built a medical clinic. So we are bringing a doctor, a bunch of nurses. We're going to see over 100 patients. We built uh, two homes earlier this year, two houses for people that helped make that orphanage work. And uh, we're going to be building cabinets in their homes, so we're building those. We're painting the girls' dorms. We're painting the dining hall. We are uh, building a water tower. So the Bible college, they have 80 Bible college students, 200 orphans there, and we are building a water tower for the Bible college side of things. It's going to be incredible. We are also going to be running a camp for the kids. It's their week off of school. It's kind of like fine arts. We take these kids and have an incredible camp with them all week long, and it's just going to be so, so much fun. And so we're delighted to have this team with us. God's going to do some incredible things while we're out and about. If you want to stick around after the second service, by the way, we're going to be doing some packing and planning and getting ready. Stick around. Find me. We'll put you to work. Many hands make for light labor. But Pastor Lathan wants to pray for our team here this morning. Amen. Would you go ahead and stand with us here at the Green Bay Campus, Appleton, uh, Stevens Point Campus? You go ahead and stand as well. Let's reach out our hands towards this team as they prepare to go as they leave this week for this trip. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for each one of these team members. We thank you, God, for their grace and your grace in their life. And Lord, the way that you're moving in such a special way in their life as they prepare themselves to go on this trip. We pray, first of all, God, for protection as they travel, as they travel across 
uh, with many flights and the long hours on, on, on the flight. We just pray, God, that you would protect them. When they get into Myanmar, Lord, just be with them in every way as they minister to the people there at the Love Children Home, in the clinic, as they involved with the, the uh, construction and the painting. In every area, God, that you would anoint them. Not just protection over them physically, but anointing upon them, Lord, that they, as they share, as they speak, as they uh, just go about their duties, that you would use them mightily in the name of Jesus. We thank you for them. We pray your blessing upon them in the precious name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Amen. Let's give them one more big hand. Thank you, guys. Well, today we've got a very special guest, but to introduce him is Pastor Mark. So let's all put our hands together and let's join up with Pastor Mark right now. Good morning, Celebration, and greetings from somewhere in the middle of South Dakota. Actually, I actually don't know where I am, <laughs> which is not all that unusual. Anyway, we're in the middle of this super rural place, and they only have such limited flights in and out of here that we couldn't get back in time for this morning's service. So I contacted a friend of mine, a guy, a pastor by the name of uh, John Jenkins, who lives in the Baltimore area, uh, about getting one of his messages that I had heard before, a very powerful message that really ties into great about what I've been talking about recently, particularly when we've been talking about the life of Joseph. And asked him if uh, I could get a copy of that message. And he said, sure. So he's had his guy send it to me. And you're about to hear it. It's a very powerful message. Now, tell you a little bit about John Jenkins. <clears throat> when I first met him, he was at one of my conferences, just kind of sitting there by himself and just real kind of humble, quiet guy. And uh, I got the impression that he had a very small church. He said he had a church. I just, by the way, he carried himself. And it's sad to say. In <laughs> In ministry, there's a fair amount of ego that follows around a lot of guys with very large churches, and they've got a group of people that are always around them and handlers and all this kind of stuff, and they kind of reek, quite frankly, <laughs> of arrogance and ego. God bless their pee-picking hearts, but it is what it is. Uh, so when I met John Jenkins, he was so the opposite and didn't really say much about his church uh, that I figured he just had a really small church. And he actually called once and said, you know, about having me come to his church, to speak, and I kind of him hard around because I thought, you know, I just, it's difficult to go to small churches and, you know, succeed very highly. And I finally called one time and said, listen, we're going to do this thing during the summer. Would you come? And we're going to have this offsite gathering with couples. And I said, yeah, okay. Yeah, because he's a nice guy. We're good, good friends. We became good friends, talking all the time about flying. He's a pilot like me. And uh, so he said, well, how much would you charge me? And I said, I don't know, man. So I'm, I'm thinking, what's the lowest, lowest amount? Of, so I tossed him the lowest possible number to get me to get out of the house. And he said, okay, great. So just before we got there, I asked my office, how many people are coming to this thing? Because usually when you do off-site, you get a very small percentage of people from the church. And they said, there's like 400 people. I said, 400 people? I thought he only had a church of 200 people. So we get there, and when we land, we get picked up by this couple, real sweet people. And we're sitting in the bank, and I'm flipping through some of the brochures from their church and on the front is this picture of this gigantic monstrosity of his church and I thought you know it's kind of a vision casting thing you know like this is what we want to be but as I keep flipping through it and look at all the pictures I finally said is this your church they said yeah I said are you kidding me turns out he is the pastor of one of the largest if not the largest black church 
in America. They have tens of thousands of people that attend this church and uh, multiple services. You're about to see one of the services. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I was kidding him and said, man, if I knew you were this big, I'd have charged you a lot more money. <laughs> but anyway, had a great time with him. And uh, he, again, what a great man. He is hugely successful with this massive church, but yet has just this down-to-earth, sweet attitude. And that's why uh, I was able to connect with him so easily. So anyway, you're about to hear from my friend, uh, Pastor John Jenkins, a very successful pastor in this extremely large black community. And you'll also get a picture, guys, of why when we have guys like that come to us, they look at us, why we're so quiet. <laughs> Wait to hear the way these people respond. Anyway, open your hearts and listen to this message. It is a powerful message that is tying into some of the stuff we've all been talking about recently. Open your Bibles to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. Reverend Dawson already read this wonderfully. I'm going to read it again. Verses 2, 3, and 4. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Look at your neighbor and say, count it all joy. Y'all didn't say it right. I guess I need to help you. Go ahead and say it with attitude. Count it all All right, you can be seated. Some of you have heard me tell this, test, this story before. Bear with me if you have. It was about two years ago I got a call, a phone call one particular day from my oldest daughter, Sarah. She was crying, 30 years old, uncontrollably. She was devastated because she had just got the call that the job that she had applied for that she felt that she was going to get as a college coach she had not gotten. She was devastated because she's been trying to get to be a coach in college for quite a number of years and she never got a bite but here this small college in Jacksonville Florida had interviewed her and brought her back and she interviewed well and she felt good about it and she felt she was going to get the job and so when they called her to tell her that she was a finalist she she knew she had she you know how you got that little attitude you know you got the job but when they called to tell her that she had not been selected she was devastated and she was calling her father for some, for some consolation, some words of wisdom. The problem I had is I didn't know what to say. Not strange for a guy who knows what to say to everybody else. I had had the words flowing off my mouth, off my lips for other people that I had, I had counseled and encouraged when they faced troubling circumstances and situations. But I was at a loss for my own child and I was trying to say, what do I say to her? What do I say? And it was at that moment that James started talking to me. This James right here, he started talking to me. 
This James who we read right here, James 1, he said, you, you got to learn to tell her to count it all joy. Because I had told other people that too on, on previous occasions when they've had drama. I had told them that they, could, they have to learn to count it all joy, see the bigger picture, pull back, and see that God makes choices and decisions not on the basis of the here now and the right now, but God has that 30,000 foot view. He sees the whole picture of your whole life. And so... Thank all 27 of y'all, I appreciate that. Uh, and so, James tells us what to do when we are having difficult times. I'm wondering if there's anybody here that has experienced some difficult times. Okay. I, I ain't talking about your head was hurting, you stumped your toe. I'm talking about something serious. I'm talking about being fired from your job. I'm talking about um, having your spouse file for divorce. I'm talking about having your children get deathly ill. I'm, I'm talking about something really difficult and tough, really serious. And James in, starts off the bat of his book, this book of James, this epistle of James, right off the bat, he punches you right in the face, real hard, tells you right off the bat, when you find yourself in situations, count it all joy. Whew, man, that's what he said. He starts off, matter of fact, he tells us right off the bat, here's my first point, what to do. Somebody say, what to do. What is the what? He says, count it all joy. Let me talk about that for a moment. Here's what he is saying. He is saying that what he wants you to do is to consider every event in your life and put them all in the joyful category. I know everybody can't clap on that. I some of y'all got a little attitude with that. I feel the tension in the room. Here's what he's saying. When you're going around and considering the events of your life, when you begin to go around and look at the things that have occurred in your life and you're adding them all up, when you get to those painful, bad, sad, troubling moments, don't put them in the negative column. He says, instead of putting them in the negative column, he says, I want you to put them in the positive column. Put them in the joy column. Count it all joy. Now that's a crazy, that's crazy. <laughs> y'all know y'all want to say amen a little bit louder than that. He says, I want you to consider it. Don't, matter of fact, some of y'all go, when, you, when, when somebody asks you about the highlights of your life, if, if you were to ever have somebody write your life story, there's some things you would skip. Don't put that in there, no. Don't, don't add that. Leave that point out. But James says, don't leave it out. Put it in there. And matter of fact, don't leave it out the story. Put it in the plus column. Put it, put it in the positive column. Matter of fact, he says, consider it. Don't skip it. Don't go past it. Don't put it in the negative column. He says, consider it. And when you consider it, put it in the joyful column. Put it in the column of joy. Joy means to have an internal Delight. It means to be cheerful, to be delightful, calm, at peace about it. There's no anxiety when you think about it. There's some things in your life when you look back about it, you tense up when you just think about what you had to go through. There y'all go acting like I don't know, you don't know what I'm talking about. But there's some things that you, when you even think about it, it causes tears to swell up in your eyes. 
when you recall the experience of what you went through and the pain it caused you and, and the devastation of what it may have occurred and happened, you put it in the column, it makes you, it makes you sad. But, but James says, talking to believers and disciples, he says, uh, it, when you, uh, uh, he, he tells you what to do, he says, count it all joy. And then he tells you, number two, when to do it. He tells you what to do and when to do it. Somebody say, when do I do it? When? He said, do it when you fall into various trials, when you fall. That, that's an interesting word, fall. It's a, it's a Greek word that means when you find yourself surrounded by drama. When, when all around you, on every side, in the front and the back, to the, to, the, to the left, to the right, up, down, all around you, drama. Now, if you have not lived and experienced being surrounded by drama, keep living, it's on its way. It's coming. I promise you, you're going to find yourself in a situation, as soon as you get through one issue, there's another one standing at the door waiting on you. As soon as you finish paying one bill that you had to struggle to find the money for, in the mail the next day is the next, the next bill that's done. Somebody surrounded, surrounded, surrounded on every side, fired from your job. You didn't come in expecting to be fired, but you're fired from your job, you're fired. You, 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 it's de devastating when you find yourself in devastating circumstances, when, when you are surrounded by adversity, when that child comes home uh, from college that you've been paying big dollars for and they didn't go to a single class. Ooh, ooh, Jesus, I feel a cussing spirit coming on me right now. It's, it's when, it's when, it's when, it's when, you just you you surrounded by stuff you can't figure it out. You don't know how to fix it. You don't you don't know how to make it better. It's 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 it's, it's when your, your 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 boyfriend decides, young lady, he don't want you no more. It's when that girlfriend drops you hot. Just get out of my life. Bam! She just walks away. It's drama, drama. Go keep look straight ahead. Nobody know I'm talking about you. <laughs> drama, drama. It's just when your wife your wife won't hook you up when you need to be hooked up. It's drama, drama. James says, when you are surrounded by drama, the doctors have just diagnosed you with a condition that looks very bleak. When you're surrounded by drama, he says, count it all joy. And I didn't expect y'all to jump up and shout. And I didn't expect anybody to run around. I don't know where my little helper is. That they would. I, oh, that's the 12 o'clock person, 12 o'clock. She been at 10 though. I seen her at 10 o'clock at 10. You just keep living and drama's gonna find its way to your door without invite without invitation, without... Drama has a key to your house. Drama don't ring the doorbell, it don't call and tell you it's coming. Mr. Drama, Miss Drama just walks on in, hey, hey! And James says, as frustrated as you might be when they come in, be glad about it. Isn't that crazy? That's a crazy instruction. Now, most of y'all can't say amen because you can't, you can't feel it. You don't feel it. But James doesn't just leave it at verse 2. He doesn't just say, when you fall into various trials, count it all joy. But he tells us in verse 3 and 4, why? And that's my third point. Somebody say, why? 
Look at your neighbor, wake him up, say you should have went to bed last night. Please stay awake while I'm preaching to you. I can understand people sleeping at eight, but 10? Come on now, wake up. He tells us why to do it. He says, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Here's the first thing he tells us about it. Here's why you got to count it joy, because it means that your faith is being tested. Now that's an important thing. I got to tell y'all it's an important thing because you don't know how, you don't even know if you have faith until it's been put to the test. You, you have no idea of whether you can believe and trust God until you've been put in a situation where you have to believe and trust God. And what I discovered about God what I discovered about him, and here's why I love him so much, is I can look back over my life when I have faced those difficult moments and those circumstances that I didn't know how it was gonna come out. I can look back and see that, wait a minute, wait, wait, let me finish before you clap, then clap and shout and do everything. But I'm excited about the fact that I can look back over my life and see things that occurred in my past and God used those moments to show himself strong and show himself mighty so that when I face my circumstances today, Day, I got confidence to know he brought me out of that. He can bring me out of this. Wow. That's great advice from this, 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 this man of God. He says, count it all joy because you got to know, knowing this. I love this point, knowing. You got to have that deep down confidence to know that your faith is being tested. Somebody say, tested. Now, don't be, just be clear, being tested and being tempted are two different things. God doesn't tempt you. He does not put you in a situation and urge you to do sin and disobey him. That's temptation. That's not what he does. He puts you in a situation to test your faith so that your faith has the opportunity to demonstrate, I believe God will make a way for me. And right now, some of you are in situations and circumstances that you don't know how it's going to come out. You don't know what the outcome's going to be. It's bothersome. It's troubling you. It's, it's drama for you. It's painful. It's, it's, it's something for you. And you don't know how it's going to come out. God is saying, I'm just watching to see what your faith is going to do. So, thank all 35 of y'all. I'm, I'm getting moving up a little bit. But all faith, everybody's faith has to be tested. Your faith has to be tested. My faith has to be tested. And it is the testing of my faith. I'm going to shout and count in joy because it means God thought enough of me. Here's why you got to shout. He thought enough of me to test the faith that I have. Now listen, y'all. Oh, I love this. I love the Holy Ghost talking to me right now. This must be for somebody in this service right here. He wants me to tell you that if he did not think you could handle it, he wouldn't test your faith. If he puts you in it, it means he's already looked at you on the inside and he already knows you got enough faith to handle it. So you ought to be able to count a joy and say, if God has put me in it, he knows I can handle it. Thank you, Father, that you thought I could handle this. So instead of complaining and moping and crying and woe is me and why me and I got to go through this. No, no, instead of that, James says, be glad about it. 
count it joy. Be, have an inner delight. Have, have happiness about it. Shout about it. Be, be delightful. Be glad. Be happy that God is testing you. But not only, he tells us not only to do it because our faith is being tested, but he also says right here in verse 3, he says in verse 3, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Have joy because your test is producing patience. Now, let's talk about what patience means. Because sometimes we, we don't understand the difference between the dictionary definition of patience and the biblical definition of patience. The dictionary definition of patience means wait. The biblical definition of patience in the Greek means I'm going to stick with God and obey God and love God even when I'm going through something difficult. Wow. In other words, he is saying to us that it is your faith being tested that gives you the ability to keep sticking with God while you're going through what you're going through. It, oh man, I wish y'all could get that. I wish y'all could, I, Lord, help them to get the revelation. Help them to understand that it is the past experiences of their faith being tested and they've gone through and they've made it through those circumstances that brings them to a place right now in their walk with God that God is saying, I'm going to put you through the test and you've gone through the test and that test produced the ability for you to walk with God. Hold up, here's what that means. That means because I've had some experience with God by my past test. It means with the thing I'm dealing with right now, ain't no sweat off my back. The God I serve has brought me through and he wouldn't leave me now. It, it means, it means patience means I'm going to love God and obey God and serve God and be committed to Christ and do what Christ wants me to do. I'm going to obey him even when my circumstances look dramatic and even though the devil wants me to do something bad, even though the devil, I don't have the money to pay my bills, but I'm going to trust God and I will still tithe even though I don't have the money to pay my bills. Did y'all notice how the claps went down a little bit right there? It means, it means that even though my boss is treating me wrong and even though they're not treating me fairly and even though they're discriminating against me and even though they're treating me bad, I'm not going to reciprocate and give them what they gave me. I'm going to treat them right and love them and treat them kind and do my job and look to God even though they're not treating me right. That's patience. It means even though your husband is not treating you right, you're going to still give him some even though he ain't know what he's supposed to do. Come on, somebody, say amen. The brothers want to say preach on, Pastor. Some brother, Lady Night, Lady Night, gonna say thank you, thank you, Jesus. Some brother gonna go to bed and say, Pat, Lord, thank you for Pastor Jenkins challenging my life. That's what it means. Then I'm gonna keep walking with God and obeying Him and serving Him and loving Him in spite of the circumstances. That's patience. 
And, and he said, he said, I love this. He says, you know this, knowing that my faith is being tested and the testing produces patience. Whew, I love that right there. And then it says this. Here's why you got to count it all joy. And it says in verse four, let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Here, here's what patience will do. Patience will, first of all, bring you to a place of being perfect. Before you get excited about that, then it doesn't mean perfection. That word perfect there in the Greek means mature. It'll bring you to a place of maturity. We, we, we got churches full of immature people. Y'all didn't hear me, let me say it again. We got churches full of immature people. Immaturity, they don't know how to respond, how to act, how to behave, what to say, what to do. They don't know when to, when to uh, respond in a certain way. They, just, they don't know, they don't know what to say at the right time. They're immature, they, they're acting crazy, they're losing their mind. But, but, but patience, when you, listen, when you've gone through something, it brings a level of maturity to you. You, you know what happens? God puts you in a mode to be tested your faith to be tested. And instead of you going through it, we keep jumping out of the ship. You get put in a marriage, it becomes a little difficult, so you quit. You walk away from that marriage only to get into another situation that's worse. Because you, you, you don't want to go through it. You, 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 you quit one job because you don't like the way you're being treated. And you go to another job only to find that they treat you bad there too. It's be, you, you might as well stay at one of the jobs. <laughs> and let God work out in you maturity. You might as well stay in the marriage that you're in. Y'all was clapping on that job thing. <laughs> Y'all didn't clap on that marriage thing right there. Marriage is an institution, y'all. You got to stick with it. It's cheaper to keep her. Okay, all right. This is a tough crowd here today. Because God's trying to work something in you. There's something in you. He's trying to bring you to a place of maturity. And if you keep jumping ship, if you keep quitting the job, you keep quitting relationships, you keep doing whatever you're doing instead of going through the process, you can never become mature. I, I wish there was some other way to bring maturity to you, but I don't know any other way to bring maturity to you. You got to go through some stuff. You got you to gotta endure and go through it and walk with God. That's what brings maturity. Can I get an amen right there from anybody? You gotta go through something, and when you come out on the other side, it says it produces maturity, and you'll be complete. Somebody say complete, complete in every part. You'll be complete, that word complete, I love that. It means God will bring some character development in you. He'll fulfill character development. We got a bunch of people who don't have no character. He said, I'll bring, you, I'll bring you to a place of having character and you will lack nothing. You will be at a place where you'll recognize that you're, lack, you're not lacking anything. You got everything you need. You know what I discovered about God? I got everything I need in life to do what it is he's assigned for my hands to do today. I got it all right now. Don't need nothing else. Don't need no more. Uh, it'd be nice to have some stuff, but I can do everything he's called for me to do today with everything that I have right now. I am lacking nothing. Woo! 
my assignment today. Here's what God told me to do is to tell you to learn how to count it all joy. Stop moping and complaining and crying and complaining and moping and crying and complaining and moping and crying and why me and why now and God that let me down and God that disappointed me and why I got to go through this. Shut up, please. And recognize it's there for a reason. And I keep telling y'all, it couldn't have gotten there if God had not signed off on it. And you know what he's waiting for you to do? He's waiting for you to get to the place where it shows up in your life and knocks at the door. And when you open the door and see adversity there, you're able to say, hey, glad to see you. Come on in. Y'all too late, y'all much too late. I was looking for some help back here, but these are young people right here, young adults. They ain't got there yet, they gonna get there. Something's gonna happen, let me prophesy to you. Something's gonna happen in your life. Something's gonna come down the pike that's gonna be devastating, troubling, but instead of crying and moping and complaining and getting mad and quitting church, I want you to say, praise the Lord, God's gonna do something spectacular. Count it all joy. Somebody holler at me, say, count it all joy. Count it all joy. My wife, we got six kids, six kids. When she got pregnant with our first child, Sarah, the one that I talked about earlier, when, Sarah, when she first got pregnant with Sarah, she got morning sickness. It wasn't pleasant at the moment. The morning sickness was not pleasant at the moment. But the morning sickness was an indication that the fertilized egg inside of her was embedding in her womb. That's what morning sickness means, is that the fertilized egg is embedding in the womb. And it means that in nine months, something spectacular is gonna happen. Y'all missed a great spot to say amen. Some of y'all are going through some pain right now. It's just morning sickness, somebody tell your name. It, it, it's just the start of something spectacular that's gonna happen a little bit down the road. And if you can handle the morning sickness of your situation, in nine months you're gonna give birth to a beautiful baby, a beautiful miracle, a breakthrough. God's gonna do something spectacular in your life. Now she did tell me when she was having those labor pains, She turned to me in between the pain. She said, you will never touch me again. She was speaking out of pain. But once that baby got here, and once she could hold that child, and hold, rock that child, and that child brought us so much joy, we did it five more times. Come on, look at your neighbor, say, count it all joy. Tell them on the other side, count it all joy. I'm counting them all joy. I'm not skipping anything. I'm not bypassing nothing. 
everything that I've gone through, everything in my life, everything that's coming, I've learned to put it in the joyful category. Hey, count it all joy! So my, my daughter, Sarah, who called me crying and moping two years ago, a year later, y'all know the story, got hired to be an assistant coach at the Georgetown University Women's Basketball. So as a part of her job, she has to go and recruit players. So she has to go around the country and attend tournaments and AAU tournaments and schools and games and watch players who they want to recruit to Georgetown University. So the other day she went to a tournament and she saw the Jacksonville coach that didn't hire her there. And she said, thank you for not hiring me. <laughs> to get it ready get it in your mind all the people you've been bitter against all the folk who treated you wrong I want you to move it from the negative column over to the positive column and say I'm better because of you God used you to build my faith God used you to change my circumstance God used you you fired me, but I got a better job now. You quit me, but I found my destiny person because you quit me. Ah! Some of y'all, listen ladies, the joker that quit you, you need to have the attitude of, that's your loss. and wait for who, your knight in shining armor. Come on, single ladies, I know y'all here. Come on and holler at me. Everybody stand on your feet, I gotta quit. Praise the Lord, give the Lord a shout as you stand on your feet. Father, we love you so much. Move us into the place of counting it all joy. Count it all joy. Somebody today needs you today. Somebody needs forgiveness of sins. Somebody needs today, God, to be restored in their fellowship. Somebody needs assurance. Somebody needs a church. I pray right now by the blood of Jesus Christ and by his powerful name that you draw them to come. Get right with you. Save the unsaved. We call them to come forward in the backslide of the unsure and the unchurched. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody said amen. Amen. amen.